Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. A quick bolt of electricity that provides a ton of immediate energy. I wish there was a word for that. Tampa, Colorado, game four tonight. And Orlando Magic saying it's still early in the process. They don't know who they're taking number one. Mm. The draft is tomorrow. If you're not in the mood, <laughs> you get in the mood. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds like me writing a term paper in college. Still early in the process. Still it's due tomorrow. <laughs> Avalanche Lightning game four tonight in Tampa after Darcy Kemper got lit up in game three. Would there be a goalie change for Colorado was the question. Some have asked. Some even wrote it in column four. Woody Page, you, you, you said it was time to make a switch in the Gazette. All, after today's afternoon skate, all signs pointing towards no switch. Darcy Kemper to, to remain in goal and start game four. It's amazing. Up 2-1 in the Stanley Cup Finals. This was even a question. And with Tampa coming and trying to even the series, Woody Page around the horn to you. Is Colorado making the right play to stick with Kemper? Yes, and I've changed my mind, which rarely <laughs> happens. But after the game, I said they had to make yes, the move. Yes, I read it. But if, you, but if you look at the history of the NHL, instead of looking at the schedule, you'll see that in the last 30 years, only three teams mm -hmm. have used multiple goaltenders in the series, and all three teams lost mm -hmm. the Stanley Cup. So I think that if you lose your goaltender, meaning taking him out of the yeah. game, the Kemper is lost for the series. At that point, you can't really go back mm -hmm. to him. So I think they're making the right move. But what we've seen in this series so far is the superior team is the Avalanche. The superior, superior goalie is uh, obviously for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have got to match that with Kemper. I, I don't think we're going to see him give up three goals because if he gives up two, I think he'll be on a short stick and out of the game. But we continue to see if Avalanche continue to play as they have been, they still are going to win the series. I don't think they're going to win tonight. This series is not really starting, Tony, as you know, until the home team loses. Mm -hmm, I'm aware of that. So yeah, everything you yeah. just said about if you change goalies mid-series, you don't win the Stanley Cup final. That was all available to you when you wrote that column 24 hours ago, Woody Page. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't available to me. I had to write in like 10 <laughs> And Justin Sinsley, I'll bring you in here first on uh, Colorado's decision here in the goal. I fully agree with sticking with Kemper right here. But, of course, I, I think you have to give him a shorter leash going into this. I fully expect this to be the most physical game of the series. And both teams understanding what's on the line here, win or loss. I expect McKinnon to play better. Obviously, I expect Kemper to play better. But I, I keep harping on this, Tony. I, I think the first period will tell us a lot about this game. Tampa Bay is 7-1 and one when holding the lead after one. They've given up 54% 54, 54 of their goals in the, first, in the first period. And Vasilinski has only 
only given up two goals in a game since game six of the opening round versus the Maple Leafs. This is go- the, 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 the game four is critical. And I think both teams know this. And I also think this will be the, the closest game of the series. Pablo Torre. I just can't get over Woody contradicting past Woody and now present Woody <laughs> telling us that the series hasn't even started yet. I mean, there's a world in which the series is over and also hasn't started yet because so far the home team has won all of the games, right? Like, that's where we are with this cliche. But no, look, Colorado has bigger problems, Woody, and you know that, right? Nathan McKinnon has been a no-show. He's their superstar. He is the scorer that they need. He has not done that at all. And so the biggest problem, I agree with you on this, right? Andre Vasilevsky is the obstacle in front of them. That is the advantage the Lightning have. But for Colorado to overcome that, they really just got to regress to their own mean. And I think I think we're going to see that in game four. Personally. Offensively, you mean specifically that they would come out. Exactly. Outscore Tampa. And L. Duncan, I'll bring you in here. There just feels like so much overreaction just happening everywhere. Like, Pablo's over here talking about, like, Nathan McKinnon hasn't even shown up. I didn't see around the horn the day after game two, but I imagine Tony asked some question like, are the Lightning going to get swept out of the Stanley Cup final? That's and now your here impression we sit. of me? That's now, what I sound like? Now How can you say that's what I sound like? we sit questioning whether they'll black. be able to win because of who's in You guys. Andre Vasilevsky gave up seven goals and then followed that up with the fantastic performance that we saw in Game 3. I am in no way saying that Darcy Kemper is Andre Vasilevsky, but at the same time, you have to start him in the pipes because if you don't, you will ruin his confidence for the rest of the Stanley Cup Final. I definitely think that the lease should be a little bit short, right, because Pavel Frentzos has been really, really capable. They are undefeated when he's in net this postseason, and he has a better save percentage, right, than Kemper does as well. But this this idea that we need to panic and start pulling people and these people haven't showed up. They're still up 2-1 and yes Nathan McKinnon hasn't shown up and Cole McCarr didn't in game three either. That's a good Woody sign. Page, I'll bring you back in to pick up the pieces of uh, whatever argument you were making. <laughs> yeah, let me talk about McKinnon. First of all he had an assist on a goal that was overturned in the first period the other night that would have made a real difference in that mm-hmm. game and in re- terms of McCarr, McCarr is going to win the Conn Smythe if they win it and he got the um, best defensive player in the league last last night. He could be the best offensive defensive player in the last generation. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Okay, well, thank you for that. It's game four, all right? If you're not in the mood, you get in the mood. We move on. NBA draft, 27 hours away. If you're not in the mood, you get in the mood. Orlando Magic have the number one pick, and President Jeff Weltman was quoted earlier this week by the AP saying, it's early in the process. That's basically saying they're still evaluating who they're going to take. Justin, do you believe that the Magic are still evaluating and don't know who they're taking tomorrow? Honestly, I can believe that. There's a lot of pressure on this franchise to get it right. Not not just next season, but historically as well. They drafted Shaq, Flip Seaweb for Penny Hardaway, and then drafted Dwight Howard in 04. Those are all either cultural legends or future Hall of Famers or Hall of Famers. So there's a lot of pressure to get this right. The Orlando Magic were last in offensive rating last year. And if I I think they're going to pick Chet Holmgren, the, the, the WCC Defensive Player of the Year. He's tall. He has range inside and out. And he's that intriguing player that teams fall in love with every year. Now, they should pick Jabari Smith. I think they should pick him. And I think he has a chance to be a great two-way player in the league. And I don't wish for players to fall, but if Jabari Smith somehow fell to Houston with Jalen Green and KPJ and Steven Silas and what they're building down there, I think that would be an incredible fit for him. But I think Orlando takes Chet. Okay. 
That was, that was a whole lot of information there. Pablo Torre on, on the magic saying, eh, we're still evaluating. It's interesting because Justin's sort of rational brain is indicating that Jabari Smith is the right pick. That is what the consensus is suggesting right now, that they love giant Clay Thompson. They love putting a shooter right on that roster full of young guys. But to me, the Chet Holmgren question, like, are we really numb to him at this point? Like, the idea that he's just tall. No, he's 7'1", 195. He is the same size as a kicker. Evan McPherson in the NFL. It's 5'11", 195. This dude is an alien okay. who we sort of... Stri- and so the point, Tony, I want to make here is he is unlike any prospect of this caliber we've ever seen. To me, you go for him because he is the highest ceiling guy in a non-cliche, in a, in a literal and figurative sense, right? And so I think that's the move. And he also played with the dude who they have at point guard right now, Jalen Suggs, already. So it's a good fit. So you think Holmgren is the move at number one? Uh, L. Duncan, I'll bring you in here. You can go after the Magic saying we don't know or who you think. I'm just really ready for the draft to happen because mm-hmm. when it comes to comps with these three, I have heard everything from giant Clay Thompson to Harrison Barnes to KD and Giannis. That's like cable that's right. company range, right? Like, that's like I'll be there between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. What is it? I think, I think that Tinsley is right in that the Magic are probably going to be enamored with Chet Holmgren because they love big dudes. See Jonathan Isaac, see Mo Bamba. Uh, but I think that the right move would be for Jabari Smith because they really struggled with spacing the floor. And that guy hit over 42% of his threes right at six foot ten. I don't think he's going to be an immediate impact. I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer out the gate, right, Justin Tinsley. But I do think down uh, the stretch he can immediately impact their wing. And Woody Page. Justin, so busy trying to uh, outfit the Houston Rockets and make that team better. Why don't we try and make the Orlando Magic better? Why don't we consider that they will have a dozen first-round draft choices in that lineup? And if you add Jabari Smith, as Al said, you actually have somebody on the wing that can help that team out. They don't have to worry about two, another, a third guy that's in, in, at the center position. No, this is a team that needs to go after, and they've already made their decision. You know it as well as I do. All of you, they're going to take Jabari Smith. You have to look at the Gonzaga history. Uh, people fall in love with all those players because that's been a great team over the years. But guess what? Have those players all worked out when you think about it? Are any of them Hall of Famers? I don't think Chet Hungrum is going to be Hungrum is going to be that good a player that Jamari Smith will be. And Jamari Smith, L, I think is going to be right away helpful to that team because they will be able to space the floor. And you based on his 40% shooting from the three-point line, he's going to give them somebody that's a real outside threat. Pablo Torre back in. Can I just push back at the end here, Tony, on the idea that they're still like early in the process? They have the number one overall pick, man. Like, at some point, the smoke screens, the lies. I get why you do it. But I don't really understand why this team in specific has to do it. They're the last team that has to do it. Pablo Torre, 20. L. Duncan, 15. Justin Tinsley, Woody Page, still early in the process. Buy or sell on the other side. Sure. Yeah. You made up your mind. Right. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of Happy Hour. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. I asked yesterday, is Rob Gronkowski the greatest tight end of all time? It shocked me. It wasn't unanimous on this show. Maybe it's because people don't think he's really retired? His own agent, Drew Rosen, has, quote, in my opinion, he isn't done. I wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season. Justin, buy or sell another Gronk unretirement and comeback. I 100% buy. I joked about this yesterday, but I'm 87% sure that he's going to come out of quote-unquote retirement. In, in fact, the only way I know he'll really be retired is when Tom Brady enters the announcer's booth at the ripe young age of 63 at this rate. Yes, he's retired, but the LOL is in, in invisible ink. He ain't really retired. Woody Page? I'll take the other 13%. We'll talk about it six months from now, Justin. Uh, I am selling Drew Rosenhaus. Why is he getting in the middle of the discussion? Your client has just announced his retirement, and you want to pee all over it by coming back right. and saying, oh, okay. you'll be back. All right, all right. Yes, yes, I understand. Have you met Drew Rosenhaus? Are you aware of his oeuvre? <laughs> uh, go ahead, L. Duncan. <laughs> Opportunist. Um, I am buying that he'll come back because, think about it, Peyton Manning held a press conference, right? Jared Adam, Allen quite literally rode away on a horse. Haloti Nada said goodbye to the NFL from the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm inclined to believe, unless there's more pomp and circumstance behind their goodbye, they are coming back. You think Gronk's just going to walk away on an Instagram message? Please. Bob Latore. Yeah, and it was like a halfway decent Instagram post, too. He didn't really have his heart in it. Tony, to me, retirement <laughs> is such an overused word. It should be one of the banned words on this program at this point, right? Alongside elite uh, and optics uh -oh, or whatever oh, else. No. What are you doing? Pablo, what are you doing, man? Anybody can retire now and unretire. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We should just stop saying the word, clearly. I love how much stock you put in an Instagram post as well, right? You only have, I need to feel my Instagram post. Pablo, what are you doing? No yeah. We'll move on. Buy or sell two. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer today. Charlotte Hornets' perfect solution at head coach, Don Staley. So two championships, 90 miles down the road is what Fowler writes. World-class former player, Olympic coach and flag bearer, and publicly his first woman to head coach a team. That wouldn't hurt the team either. The Hornets are in that embarrassing position of just being spurned by a coach. Should Charlotte hire Dawn Staley as next head coach, Woody? And should Staley consider the job if offered? I'm buying the columnist. I'm buying the idea. I'm buying the coach. I think that we've seen historically 
with 10 coaches that the Hornets had, none of them worked out. Why not go in a totally new direction with somebody that everybody beloves down in the Carolinas? She's proven herself. Why didn't she get an opportunity to prove herself in the NBA and maybe change, change the entire direction of how they go now in that, that league? L. Duncan. Because she's changing the face of women's college basketball, and I believe that that is enough for her as a champion of the sport. Why would we just throw some things against the wall and see what sticks with an icon and a legend, someone of her ilk? That is so disrespectful that we even assume that she'd want to do something like that. She wants to play second fiddle to Michael Jordan when she's the maestro in Colombia? Absolutely not. She doesn't need to break barriers on the men's side. She's already broken them on the women's side. Pablo Torre. So Michael Jordan should want to hire her. I think she's a special coaching candidate. On that level, I agree with Woody. But what Elle is saying there actually brings me to a different level of the argument, which is she shouldn't want this job. I mean, are you, are you seeing these Russell Westbrook rumors? You want to walk into this where your boss is Michael Jordan and your new best or at least most famous player might be that dude? I would wait if I am Don Staley, personally. Justin Tinsley. Yeah, while I don't think the column was done with any ill intent, we have to be careful about placing our own standards of success on somebody else. She may not even want this job. She's doing an incredible job down in South Carolina. And also, you don't hire her for national attention. You want to hire her because she's the best candidate for that job. Maybe she could take Aaliyah Boston with her and then (laughs) that would help the Charlotte team out. Duncan, last word. Yeah, I just think that, you know, uh, there, we associate a lot of times, to Tensley's point, this idea that women need to reach this certain barometer and that they even want to. Don Staley is a fierce champion of women's sports because she believes that's exactly where she can make her impact, and we've seen the evidence she has. Seen the evidence in her own words this week, talking about how she's molding the, the younger generation of, of women's players and how that is her goal in life. We'll move on. Buy or sell three NHL awards. The Hart Trophy was announced by Seattle Kraken fan Nadia Popovici and Vancouver equipment manager Brian Hamilton in the game earlier this year with Popovici in the seat behind the bench. She let Hamilton know that a mole on the back of his neck may be cancerous. She was right. It's the greatest story of the year. And it was them who awarded the Hart Trophy to Austin Matthews. For Matthews, the most important award of his career at 24, his first MVP. He also won the Lindsay Award for most outstanding after his 60-goal season. Congrats to Austin Matthews. Nice to see the Leafs winning something in June. Oh, heated Thompson. That's tough. <laughs> Al Byersell oh. Matthews now officially face of the game. By the way, someone was, yeah, someone was watching that award show last night and they're like, that's what Jack White has been up to since Seven Nation Army. He's a hockey player now. <laughs> I do think that he's the face of the league, but I think for as for what it means, he should ask a dude named Mike Trout in Anaheim what it means to be the face of a league when you're on a team that can't win. Mm-hmm. Woody Page? I have a 26-point answer here, so I can pass <laughs> it so wrong there. You didn't know what he looked like until last night. You thought he looked like Jack White. Uh, he can't be the face of the NHL. During the playoffs, the two faces of the NFL, NHL have been Mark Messier, and Wayne Gretzky as commentators. Uh, That's why the NHL needs to do a better job of promoting their players so that people know they don't look like Jack Black or Jack Daniels or or Jack White. (laughs) Justin Sidsley. Uh, yeah, I think he's in a little better position than uh, Mike Trout. But look, if your peers say you're the best player, if the media say you're the best player, you're the best player. You know, the Maple Leafs have lost in the first round in, in each of the last two years, but they 
both series have gone seven games, and both the teams they lost to have made the Stanley Cup Finals. So they're they're in a little better position. It's been than longer Trump than made. the last two years, I'll tell you that. Pablo Torre, how about you? Yeah, Austin Matthews is trying. I mean, he's trying to be the face. I mean, obviously the stash, which makes him more Walton Goggins than Jack anything. Also, the fact that, yes, he's the first American-born guy to have 60 goals in a season. Like, at some point, this is not about him. It's about who you want to elevate. And he's on the cover of the video game, right? Like, yes, he feels facey to me. Woody Page, our jack of all trades. He's done for now. Pablo Torre, I don't know what happened here. Self-sabotage. Tony, I'm retiring. Okay. Hell's on. Substitutely. Showdown. Two minutes. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Is it just me or are comebacks in the sport of basketball drunk? I mean, these runs are cardio. Chicago was down 28 to Las Vegas last night, but came back to win. The biggest comeback in WNBA history. What was the number one thing that made this Sky comeback? And credit or blame, Justin Tinsley? I mean, you credit the team that didn't lay down when they were down 28 and coming off a crushing loss on Sunday to the Fever when they missed five shots in the last 30 Hmm. seconds. This is more than just the regular season, regular win. L. Duncan. Becky Hammond said that her team should lose sleep over this, so I'm going to defer to her, but not to take away from the sky. They had 34 assists. That tied a WNBA record good for 43 points, so cheers to them. Are you with me? I mean, the number of comebacks in the NBA, the WNBA, that are 15, 20, 25 points, just off the rails now. We'll move on. Showdown 2. Game crew of the Angels game last night. So this is why baseball is the greatest sport in the game. Melendez throws it to this fan, so pumped. But he's like, you know what? No, I got to give the baseball to a kid. But then later in the game, Gooby, when Walsh hits the home run, the kid's dad's going to come up with the baseball. You got two. He's like, you know what? No. Gives it back. Look at that smile. Who's the MVP of this exchange, L? It's clearly the kid. Are we really at the point where we, like, think it's special that a grown-up decides to give a kid a tossed ball at a baseball game? He should. Duh. No way. I, I, I give credit to the original guy in the sunglasses. We're not even talking about this instant chain reaction of goodwill without him. And he got a home run ball as a result. He definitely did. I do wonder which ball went to the original fan afterwards. Just wondering. Justin Tinsley, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Yeah, I want to take some time to shout out an article I read about Torrey Smith, formula of the Baltimore Ravens, and how Anquan Bolden protected him 
from basically paying $75,000 for a meal. And I think that practice needs to be eliminated from football. We're, talk, we're talking about a career where the average career span is three years. And we need financial literacy for these young 25, 26, 27-year-olds uh, who retire from football. Mm. Thank you for that, Justin Timber. Woody Page, I think this is your last show of the week. Birthday. Next week, happy birthday, Woodrow Page. Happy birthday, Woody. Happy birthday, Woody. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.